Chalice Montgomery is an educator, children's minister, and entrepreneur living in Bethlehem, Georgia. She decided to run for Congress in May 2017 when the U.S. House of Representatives voted to repeal the Affordable Care Act. With her educator husband and a child with a chronic illness, Montgomery says her family's story is indicative of many Americans who feel they work too hard to just get by. She is campaigning for the Democratic nomination to run for Georgia's 10th district seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Chalice Montgomery, thank you for taking the time to speak to our radio audience on WRGC 88.3 FM. Thank you for having me. Well, we'll start off, I think, with one of the most important questions. Could you tell me, why are you running for this office? I am running for the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, District 10, because lives are at stake. You know, uh, for too long, our government has ignored the needs of, you know, rural America, everyday citizens who just need health care and great education and jobs. And so, you know, I really feel that in order to restore some common sense and decency to D.C., uh, it's incumbent upon people, you know, who serve as teachers and as children's ministers and as workers uh, to step up and uh, aim to represent the public. And how do you define character? Uh, How do I define character? Well, character uh, is measured by what you do, not by what you say. And, you know, so often our politicians will um, talk a good game and never deliver. You know, they'll promise – enormous uh, plans for the future and and have no feasible path uh, to accomplish their goals. And so, you know, I think one of the first ways we can measure character is is by, you know, what a person does. And can you describe your philosophy for representing the roughly 740,000 people of Georgia's 10th congressional district? I am not an ideologue. Uh, I I am, you know, just as regular as you can get. And, you know, standing from the sidelines for a while, um, very interested in public policy and politics. um, But, you know, watching from the outside in, I see a bunch of people who are not interested in building bridges. Uh, You know, I am committed to progressive politics. And I will stand up for what I believe is right, but that doesn't mean that I won't also work to listen equally as hard to people that I disagree with, to try to find areas of agreement and to try to find ways for, uh, you know, everybody to walk away from the table with a win. You know, I feel that compromise doesn't have to mean that everybody loses a little bit. I think that compromise can and should mean that I'm working as hard for your win as for mine. And that's my philosophy for governing uh, and for listening. And that's what I'll bring to D.C. when I'm elected. What is your vision for Georgia's 10th district in the next 10 years? And how will you work to set that plan in motion during your tenure in Congress? Okay, so let me tell you what is working, because we hear from so many candidates about what, what's broken and what's awful. So one place that District 10 is really working hard is Morgan County, uh, Madison. For the past 20 years, they've made serious investments in infrastructure. They've, they've worked together with um, uh, three other counties, and, and they have 
purchased land and had a vision for the future uh, for development. And in the height of the recession, they invested in developing green space, and that brought in more uh, downtown development to Madison. They they laid aside their political differences, and they saved their hospital. Now, saving the hospital meant more business coming into the area, and it meant that real estate prices uh, started to uh, rebound faster there. And, you know, now we have in, in that area that, that was invested in 20 years ago, we've got a Facebook campus coming in, and, and there's been a plasma center that's located there. And my vision for the district is one that is based on that kind of cooperation. Um, you know, f- folks folks in Morgan County decided that they needed to do what was best for the residents there, uh, regardless of political affiliation. And they were highly successful in accomplishing um, the goals that they set before them. Uh, so as far as my vision for the district is concerned, I would like to see more of that cooperation. And what we don't see right now is a representative who is willing to be out in the district find what works, and connect those resources to uh, other folks who might need to learn from them. So, you know, I'd like folks from Milledgeville to come up to Madison and partner. Uh, I know that uh, hospitals in Washington County and Baldwin County have struggled for a while. I know that, you know, Wilkes County has been struggling. I'd, I'd like to make sure that I can connect uh, the folks who saved Morgan County's hospital um, with uh, committees in other counties to be able to to learn together. And and that's one thing that your representative should be able to do is, you know, if nothing else, if I can accomplish no other legislative agenda, I should be able to connect people with the resources that they need. And can you describe the healthcare system that you would like to see in America? What does that look like? Sure. So I'm an advocate for Medicare for all. Uh, and that can mean, you know, a slight variety of things, but basically it means that, you know, you have healthcare coverage from the top of the head to the tip of the toe, and you also cover uh, vision, dental, and mental health care. For me, uh, I envision a system that allows folks maybe who make more than $250,000 a year to pay a, a deductible or a copay. Uh, and have coverage on a sliding scale based on income. Uh, and, you know, I've also heard the concern out in the district that um, folks need choice in the system. They're, they're concerned that, you know, when we go to a, a universal health care, uh, that we are not going to be able to uh, get a provider that we want or uh, seek care in a timely fashion. So, you know, I support retaining the private insurance market and, and allowing people to choose a supplemental plan that, that they would like if they would like. How do you plan to go about setting that plan in place um, during your time in the U.S. House of Representatives? Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go honest politician on you, and I'm going to say that's going to be really hard. I'm not going to make the promise that I can fix that in two years. Uh, I think that it's reasonable to say that I would hope that we could pass legislation that would stabilize insurance prices and that would prevent insurers like BCBS from doing what they are doing right now, which is playing with people's lives 
Um, I'm very concerned about the breakdown in negotiations between BCBS and, and Piedmont Health Systems. Um, you know, I'm personally affected by it, <laughs> so I have a little bit of a beef there. But, um, you know, right now there are 500,000 Georgians who can no longer see the physicians that they've chosen. Uh, so I, I'd like to see some regulations placed on the insurance market that would prevent that kind of predatory behavior. You know, they've, they've pulled out from negotiations because even though they were making more than 234% profit, uh, that still wasn't enough. So uh, negotiations broke down, and now now folks have to pay out-of-network fees to see the doctor that they saw in-network last week. So those are the reasonable expectations I have. So some regulations on the insurance industry and uh, some caps, uh, a moratorium on price increases in the insurance market while we sort out what we can do with insurance. I think that, unfortunately, due to a total lack of cooperation from the White House, uh, we're not going to see substantive change in, until we see a change in the presidency. And have you been able to identify kindred spirits um, in the U.S. House of Representatives who you might be able to work with to push, push forward on changes like the ones um, you would like to see happen? Well, uh, the progressive view towards Medicare for All is, is one that is becoming widely accepted. And I know that there are a number of candidates who are running on this platform this year and a number of candidates uh, who are, you know, primarying uh, even, even Democrats who might be in opposition to uh, universal health care. So, Frankly, uh, I, I would like to see how the elections shake out, uh, but I anticipate there'll be a good number of people who are eager to uh, accomplish something on health care. And how do we begin to heal the divisiveness that defines this time in American politics and in American society? You know, uh, I have this conversation uh, with folks from time to time, and it's it's so important that we listen first to understand. Um, you know, we have to fix how we listen in this country, right? Uh, we frequently listen just to respond or to argue. Um, but our desire, our intention has to be to understand where somebody else is coming from. Uh, and, and the second step is respect. You know, I, I may disagree with somebody, but... <laughs> At the end of the day, I have to respect uh, their humanity and the fact that we are, you know, all Americans and all at our heart of hearts want what's best for this country, though we may come at it in a different way. And I think when you approach discussions with that attitude, um, you can go a long way. Um, you know, I, and I think step three is, is finding like-minded people, you know, people from both sides of the aisle who are willing to listen and who have a goal not of necessarily winning or being right, but getting things done on behalf of the American public. Uh, that's, that's an attitude that's been missing since Newt Gingrich. So it, it, it's time to restore some decency and, and, uh, and get the job done. And why should members of our radio audience vote for you? Well, uh, 
You know, I have been out on the trail since last summer, and I have established myself as a candidate who is willing to listen. And what I hear over and over again from Republicans and Democrats is that they're tired of business as usual, and they see business as usual as politicians who are out of touch, elitist, who don't understand what it's like uh, to live an average life in this country. They don't, they, they just don't have a grasp of the struggles of, of everyday Americans. And, um, and they don't take the trouble to come back to the district and, and to do the listening that's required. So why should you vote for me? Uh, I'm doing the job right now. I'm out listening and taking notes and, um, trying to hit the ground running from day one. And, and how do you hope to be able to maintain that momentum um, when uh, entering Congress and being uh, subject to uh, the, the hard workload that we expect of our elected officials? Sure. Let me say this. Uh, last May, uh, I decided to jump into the race at a time that my husband had lost his job and our insurance was in peril. In the summer when I started my race, my husband was working two part-time jobs to help make ends meet. I was working teaching uh, summer camp all day, every day, and at night I was campaigning. In the fall, to kind of make up for where we were, uh, I worked seven days a week and campaigned. Just now, as of January, I've been a full-time candidate. Um, Let's not forget that I also have a seven-year-old child at home, and I'm able to balance all of this right now. So, you know, if, if past is prologue, uh, I would hope that, that this is a demonstration of what I'm able to do once I get to Congress. Uh, now, those are all the questions I have for you, except for a, a final one about um, how people can get in contact with you. But I'd like to turn it over to you now. Is, is there anything that I did not ask you about, or is there anything that we did talk about that you'd like to place greater emphasis on? Sure. I would, I would just like to return for a second to the why should you vote for me. I'd like to speak to the backgrounds and life experiences of all the candidates running right now. And I'd like for the public to think about what folks are giving up to run. Uh, you know, I've left my positions, and I'm not in a point in my life uh, where I have established a great amount of financial security. Um, I do have a young child. I am giving up more than a year uh, spent with her, watching her grow, to serve the public and be out on the campaign trail. Um, the question I would have for you is, do you want someone who has waited until the time is right, who has waited until it's more comfortable uh, to run, until the resources are there, until the kids are slightly older, or do you want somebody who's willing to give it up because it's just that important? Uh, that's me. And, um, you know, that's the kind of representation I want is is someone who is willing to sacrifice on my behalf. As far as how you can get in touch with me, uh, you can go to my website at www.montgomery2018.com. That's M-O-N-T-G-O-M-E-R-Y 2018.com. 
or email info at montgomery2018.com. And I am Chalice Montgomery for Congress on Facebook. Well, Chalice Montgomery, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak to our radio audience today. Thank you so much.